Company's Eye on Sports Betting with John Von Tobel. All right, John's with us here on a Monday, live at Twin Peaks. Monday Night Football is coming up. All right, John, what do we do betting this game? Uh, report out now, 22 Saints are on the COVID list. How do we not overreact to that? Well, I mean, you always have to realize that everything's factored into the number already, right? Like, that's always something that I stress when it comes to betting. If you know it, they know it. And it's, it's baked into this number. It's why the adjustments were made. And I know last time we talked, right, because we had a bunch of rescheduled games, COVID issues, and I brought up some examples. There's, there's five really good examples of overreactions, whether it's through injuries or COVID, in which it didn't really work out if you were on the side. Uh, of the team that was taking on the shorthanded one, right? So we get week six, Seahawks-Steelers. Seahawks lose Russell Wilson. That line opens Seahawks two and a half. They close Steelers minus five and a half. Steelers won by three in overtime. They didn't cover the closing number. Broncos and Browns, that Thursday night game, Cleveland was a six-point favorite at the open. It closed one and a half because of a rash of injuries with Baker Mayfield not playing. Cleveland won 17 to 14, and they covered the closing number, right? Packers-Cardinals, they lose two wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, a couple of coaches to covid Number goes from Arizona minus three and a half, closes six and a half in favor of Arizona. Green Bay wins the game outright on the road. And then we just saw the Raiders fail to cover as a two and a half point favorite to close against the Browns, right? Monday. And the Colts and the Cardinals, right? A rash of injuries and a late scratch for Darius Leonard. That number gets all the way up to three. Colts win the game outright. So I would just always stress that while there are some other examples, we saw the Philadelphia Eagles, for example, covers a nine and a half point favorite against Washington last week, you know, a team shorthanded by COVID. A lot of the times these issues and these absences are baked into a number and you as a better get no value when you're coming in late to the party and laying three with some extra juice here on Monday night. JVT, yesterday the Chargers with a ton of COVID, but so did the Texans. Are there things going into the last two weeks? Texans obviously with the outright win. Are there things going into the last two weeks you can tell listeners that, you know, with what you just said, um, what other factors do you factor to just sort of say, okay, put all the COVID aside and here's how you got to handicap this game. Um, what, what are you looking at to try not to get swayed by the COVID issues? I, I think, you know, one, it's just like we just talked about, right? You don't want to overreact. You don't want to get in late to the party either, right, Willie? Like, it's information is key in this era when it comes to the National Football League. It's funny because, you know, I'm a big NBA better, right? And that just used to be the NBA. That just used to be, hey, if you know who's going to play, if you get an inkling or if you see the report before the books do, you can get a bet, you can get a bet in really quickly on a really good number, then you get a, it gets adjusted. Well, that's where we're at now with the National Football League when it comes to COVID. So one of it is just monitoring news feeds and making sure that you have an itchy trigger finger and ready to go whenever some of this information comes out. You know, the, um, the there's lots of examples of that. But I think also, too, you know, when you're looking at some of these teams, I think you just have to realize when teams are being undervalued when they're playing well. Like sometimes it is pretty obvious to look at a team, and a case in point, you, you brought up the Houston Texans. Davis Mills over the last uh, three starts has been great. He has five touchdowns to one interception. He's completed over 65% of his passes through. Actually, he's at 66%, I think, over those last three games, right? Well, 300-yard performance against Seattle Seahawks. That was in a loss, but he performed pretty well. And we saw exactly what he did to the Los Angeles Chargers in this last contest. And now the Texans have won two straight, and they've covered two straight. So sometimes it's, it's as easy as looking at a Texans team who is playing some pretty good football at this point right now and going, well, they're catching 14 now against the San Francisco team that the market was a little too aggressive on, making them a three-point favorite on the road against Tennessee. And now here they are making them a 14-point favorite. Remember, you know, this is a flawed 49ers team, right? The 49ers, they, had got, they allowed four different drives for the Atlanta Falcons to get inside the eight-yard line. The Falcons just couldn't capitalize. 
and they ended up with only three points. But this is a flawed 49ers team, and yet here they are laying 14 against the Texans team that is playing some of the rest of football at this point. So sometimes it's informationally based, but sometimes it's just as obvious as something staring you in the face that a team is playing some pretty good football at this point, and the market hasn't caught up. Voice of John Von Tobel, VSIN. You can hear him Monday to Friday on The Edge. 1 o'clock, right? 1 o'clock Pacific, yep. correct? Yes, 1 p.m. Pacific time, although we're in Las Vegas, so but yeah. <laughs> Uh, he had quite a festivus, uh, ripped me for uh, bad shirting, and uh, got on candy for basically being boring. So uh, I think that uh, sent a message to uh, both of us. I bought a bunch of shirts, and I think candy's going to be more exciting in 2022. Uh, Colts, now 7.5 against the Raiders. Seems a little rich. Yeah, it's it's surprising. And, you know, I always – I'm really high on Steve. I think you know this because we've talked about it a lot. You know, I, I'm big on market highs and market lows, right? Buying high, selling low, whatever it is. Um, or, excuse me, buying low and selling high. I said that opposite. But you know what I'm saying, right? Like, you know, the market gets high on certain teams. Case point, we just talked about the San Francisco 49ers or very low on teams like Houston Texans. And there's value in betting on them. One of the best cover teams this year has been the Detroit Lions because the market has been so low on Detroit that they are covering some of these inflated numbers that have gotten all year long. Thus, they are 10 and 5 against the spread. And you tend to see with teams when they start to roll and they start to cover games consecutively, the market will shift. The power rating will get high as the weeks go along. And there's going to be a point where there's value in betting against them. A very good example is the Miami Dolphins just what last week against your Jets, Steve, right? They close as 9.5, 10 point favorite. They win that game by 7. They win, should have been, but probably not by 10 points against the Jets team, right? So I think we're kind of getting that territory with the Indianapolis Colts. Keep in mind, too, we don't know exactly how this COVID situation is going to play itself out with Darius Leonard, with his offensive lineman. They lost two to injury in that game against the Arizona Cardinals as well, so it's not just COVID absences. So we saw the Westgate actually reopen this on Sunday, guys, at Colts minus 8.5 very briefly. But now we're down to that 7.5 and 7. And a couple of spots actually, like DraftKings, and I think it was Mirage, flashed to 6.5 today. And I think that's kind of what we're going to see from this market. It's going to toggle back and forth between six and a half and seven. But I'm with you, Steve. Like, I think we're kind of at the point now where it's, it might be worth looking in the other direction and playing against the Colts because the market might be a little too high. And they're, they're going to be a popular teaser team. Them, the Green Bay Packers, right? Tease them down to that one, one and a half. And you don't have to worry about it, essentially, when you get to game time. But I would be in agreement. As a guy who's a Colts fan and has a 40-1 ticket on him to win the AFC, I think they might be the best team in the AFC. But we're getting at a point right now, but maybe the market's getting a little too high on I'm going to take the Cardinals plus the points against the Cowboys. I think people are freaking out about the Cardinals, and there's really no reason for it. Well, I think there's a reason for it, right? I think what worries me about the Cardinals is there is an event that transpired that then coincided with this poor play offensively, and that's Kyler Murray getting injured, right? So like, I think that's the kind of thing that you do worry about to a certain extent, where Kyler Murray, uh, if you look at his last three games during this three-game slide, if you look at some of those numbers, completing just about 64% of his passes uh, at this point, we're talking about turnover-worthy plays being up over these last three games, only 6.6 yards per attempt, six uh, turnover-worthy plays over the last three games. So those are, I think, some troubling signs that coincide with an injury. But to your point, what you're kind of getting at here, the look ahead line was two and a half. Now we're up to five, five and a half. So, like, we're talking about a three point adjustment, a full field goal here between these two because the Cardinals have just lost three consecutive games. That's really, really strong. Like, to add a field goal onto a game like this for a team at Arizona who is power rated as high as they were at one point to move through a key number and a relatively key number in four and a half to get to where we're at right now. So, I would be in agreement that, like, the Cardinals, I think, are going to be the play. This is when I'm talking about buying low and selling high. This is a this is the ultimate buy low spot that you're looking for on the board right now with Arizona. Ooh, Chiefs five at Cincy. So this is interesting too because 
So I was actually, I, I bet Kansas City this weekend. I thought that if, from a matchup perspective, they were about to expose a Steelers team that had been getting by on smoke and mirrors. Their defense, if you looked at them statistically, had not been performing well. They were about to run into a buzzsaw, and they did. Uh, but now you get this spot where all of a sudden the Kansas City Chiefs have won eight straight. They've covered six consecutive games, and the market's like, they're back, baby. Let's start hammering this. This look ahead was four, reopens four. Now you're getting up to five, and five is kind of a dead number. It's not very important. But I find it interesting because look at the way the Bengals have been playing, and Joe Burrow specifically. The last three weeks, guys, since they lost to the Chargers, Burrow's completing 75% of his passes, 343 yards per game, 10.1 yards per attempt. He's thrown seven touchdowns and committed one turnover-worthy play during that stretch. Like, they're playing some incredible football, the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, I'm a little bit higher on them, too, and I just think it's pretty surprising. Actually, I shouldn't say surprising. It's not surprising that the market sees the Chiefs delivering and getting to this point where they're laying this against the Cincinnati Bengals. But I think now we're at the point here where the Bengals deserve a little bit more respect. Catching more than four and a half on their own home field, I think that's worth looking at there with Cincinnati. Uh, if you guessed at Reno's fate come bowl season, you know, <laughs> knew that Carson Strong might be out, didn't know that Norvell was going to move along, you got a juicy line. What if you played the middle? That didn't work out. I had a Western Michigan plus six and a half. They were minus seven, minus six and a half. They wound up crushing Nevada 52-24. Yeah, and that's why, too, remember, like, you know, you don't, you don't play equal on the middle, right? You, play, you get, like, 20% on the other side, right? You don't, you don't uh, match up both wagers on each side. So then even if the middle doesn't hit, because I was in the same situation you were, I had Western Michigan plus five and then took a little back on Nevada plus seven, but it was a smaller wager on the Nevada side. And then if you get the middle, good. And if you don't, well, you still make a profit. So that's always important to remember. But I wanted to bring that up for two reasons. One, the quintessential bowl game that is driven by information if you get in early, right? We're having a situation develop right now with Utah and Ohio State where that number's down to five right now because of some opt-outs uh, that, of course, the news comes down today. Uh, but I also, I just want to talk about the goofy 6'9 quarterback that was running around out there. It looked absolutely ridiculous for Nevada. It was insane. Yeah, I saw him warm up a bunch of times the last couple of years. I'm like, I don't think this is going to work out. All right, John, we'll see you. Twin Peaks, Monday Night Football is on the way. See you.